It's time for John Paul, the car doctor, on North Shore 1049. Call today with your car questions, comments, or concerns. 1-800-370-1049. That's 1-800-370-1049. John Paul, the car doctor. And good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor program on North Shore 1049. My name is John Paul, the Car Doctor, here to help you with your car problems. And filling in for Biff today is Jimmy Carter. Jimmy, good morning, and welcome back to the Car Doctor program. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, you're all excited by that, I can tell. And, you know, I am always pleased when you did that intro that you didn't say call in with your car questions, comments, and you don't say criticisms. It makes me feel so much better. Yeah. Hey, we got a great show planned for today. With us on the phone right now is Nate Chapnick. Nate Chapnick is the senior editor with Modern Luxury, the nation's largest luxury media company, where he heads up their luxury automotive content. And uh, I've known Nate for a bunch of years. Nate's a member of the New England Motor Press, and he's actually on his way to our secret layer for the New England Motor Press, where we're doing our winter vehicle testing for today. And uh, this is where we look at a variety of vehicles and how they perform in the wintertime, and we kind of do a lot of standard around talking. This time, because of COVID, we've spread people out a little bit. Uh, where we would normally put two or three people in a car sometimes so we can trade opinions. We're trying to keep everybody socially distant. Uh, but Nate is on his way down there, but he pulled over by the side of the road, and he's joining us today. So, Nate, good morning, and welcome to the Car Doctor program. That's right. Good morning, John. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm actually pulled over here at the Kenny Bunkport uh, rest stop right off of 95 on my way up. <laughs> Yeah, they, they, they go. And, uh, and, you know, let's talk a little bit about, uh, modern luxury for just a little, for a minute. You know, people might not, people might not know modern luxury, uh, but you've been, you've been providing automotive content to a variety of publications, uh, in, in your tenure, uh, in the automotive business, right? That's right. Yeah, Modern Luxury has magazines all throughout the country. Uh, we have one in Boston, Boston Common Magazine as well. Um, so it's it's been a really great gig. I've I've really enjoyed it, and um, I just keep on churning out car stories, basically. Uh, so it's it's a fun time. Uh, but with this corona, it's really certainly changed changed a lot. Yeah, I know. Um, I was I was uh, killing some time one day, and there was a there was a high end condo for sale somewhere, and you could see they staged it. And there was one of your publications sitting on the coffee table. Oh yeah, I don't doubt it. Have you thought about uh, your Valentine's Day plans yet? What you're going to get your wife? Uh, 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 no. Should I be? Well, well, I was thinking for for luxury ideas, you know, most people are thinking maybe their budget is fifty dollars, a hundred dollars. They're going to get their wife some roses, maybe go out to dinner. But one of the hot new <laughs> Valentine's Day presents this year is a Bugatti Chiron. Uh, a guy, we don't know exactly where he's from, um, but he customized a Bugatti Chiron. That's a three point two million dollar sports car. Uh, it's uh, over 1,000 horsepower uh, to make for his wife. He put special stitching all over the seats. It says Alice on it, so we know her name is Alice. Pink lettering, uh, pink stitching, pink uh, uh, the special pink color around the front diffuser. It's it's a pretty rad looking car. Wouldn't it be funny if it wasn't really for his wife? <laughs> that would that would be that would be interesting. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If his wife found out, that could be really bad. That that could you know he 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 could be you know somebody could have said something and she's like wait who's Alice you know so uh, yeah he, if you know, if we start yeah. seeing advertisements for on Craigslist for the brides to uh, Corona in Boston in a Bugatti with its pink we might we might know whose it is. Yeah, exactly. But, but those are, you know, those are sort of some of the stories you write about. These, these high-end luxury cars we, um, that, that, uh, are, uh, 
you know, unobtainable, or sometimes I like to refer to it, made out of unobtainium uh, for a lot of people. Yeah. But people love to read about these kind of cars and, and mm -hmm. learn about these kind of cars. And the idea of a thousand horsepower, three and a half million dollar car is, you know, certainly, you know, sounds crazy, but there are people out there who buy those cars. Absolutely. They, they not only buy them, but they, some of them drive them every day. Uh, for example, like the Lamborghini Aventador SVJ, it's all-wheel drive. Uh, there's some customers that I know of um, very well who live in Colorado, and uh, they drive their Lamborghini pretty much every day. They put winter tires on their Lamborghini. Is that unbelievable? It, it is, and... Uh uh one of one of my one of my neighbors was uh telling me one day about um he was he was in i think he was in fort lauderdale and he went and stopped and got a pizza and there was a person in a bugatti that pulled up left the car running came in got his pizza you know put it on the front seat and he took a, my neighbor took a picture of it and he said, yeah, and I locked my rental car and this guy left his car running out there and threw pizzas in the front seat. So there are people that drive, drive these cars every day and they're not, they're not trailer queens. And what's interesting is I was at an event years and years and years ago when one of the, one of the, uh, uh, Porsches was there and, uh, and I don't, I don't, I'll, we'll, we'll say it was Ferdinand Porsche, but that's not really true. And, uh, <laughs> I said to him, I said to him, well, you must be really pleased to see all of your cars on display at this event. And he said, no, it makes me sad. And I said, why is that? And he said, cause most of these cars arrived in trailers and they don't get driven. So the idea of having a luxurious car, especially something that's a crazy sports car and driving it every day, whether you're driving it, um, you know, to the ski slopes uh, in in uh, Utah, or whether you're you know getting pizza with it. I think uh, you know, use the cars. I guess that's the story, right? Yeah, it's so true. You know, there are, there are certainly. I, I think he's the exception to the story uh, in the sense that he drives his Lamborghini pretty much every day. But you're absolutely right. Sadly, a lot of these cars. Uh, just sit in garages their whole life. And, and there are also forms of investment for these people. They put their assets in these cars, and you see what happens to them in, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Uh, their prices appreciate, sometimes more than the stock market. If you look at, like, the prices of modern muscle cars right now, uh, they are pretty astronomical. They're seeing returns over 100%, uh, which is pretty good. Uh, yeah, I know, I know, um, People should never, ever ask me about investment advice because I just, I, I am a failure when it comes to that. And uh, when it comes to car investments, all I can ever tell people is the best I can, best advice I can give anyone is buy something you're going to enjoy. And if it makes money when it's time to sell it, that's great. If it loses money, at least you got to enjoy it for the time you had it. So, but yeah, I, there is little chance of me refinancing my house to buy a Lamborghini so I can yeah, hope exactly. to make money on it. So first off, my, yeah. if I refinance my house, I could only buy about a third of a Lamborghini maybe. So, uh, so yeah, work, the, so. uh, it would be quite a lot of house for a $3.2 million yeah. Bugatti yeah. as well. Wow. Yeah, ex exactly. So, uh, maybe if I, maybe if I, uh, add up everything I possibly owned and then what's coming up you know in the, in the future and saved all my money from the first day I started working I could buy a I could buy something but uh, you know when it comes to <laughs> you know what is, to, what, what is go ahead sorry John what is pretty exciting though is that a lot of these luxury features that we talk about that used to be completely unobtainable um, are now trickling down into vehicles that like for example the Kia Telluride or a Lincoln Navigator, or a Lincoln Aviator. These are vehicles that you can drive every day. But I remember, for example, um, uh, if you think about Distronic Cruise Control, remember when that came out, it was only available like on the S class, which is which back then was you know a hundred thousand dollar plus vehicle. And now you can get a standard Distronic Cruise Control on a Toyota Rav4. 
Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. The idea that the technology has trickled down and it's gotten more affordable. And I remember the first Lexus I ever drove that parked itself, and of course it was a big LS, and it was you know pretty expensive oh, yeah. car. And uh, and you know you you're seeing you're seeing that self parking feature. You know, for a while, I I. I it may even still be in a Prius for, in some yeah, in some yeah. version, yeah. So the the idea that those types of those types of features have have really kind of gone across the market and made it really interesting. I think that's you know part of the fun of all of it when you when you really look at it. Um, you get to drive a lot of different cars. I drive a fair amount of cars. You know, so far in the last. You know, six months. You know, you mentioned the the Kia Telluride. The Kia Telluride. It. I think if it caught on fire, it, w- it would win an award for best, you know, vehicle fire or something. Yeah. It just, it just <laughs> you know, it, it's one award after another with that car, with that SUV. But is there, uh, is there something that is either surprised you about how good it was, or maybe even disappointed you just a bit? Yeah, so good question. Uh, one of the segments that's really surprising me and standing out are luxury pickup trucks. You know, I think to myself about what, uh, you know, loaded up Chevy Silverado was back in, you know, the 1990s, and maybe you got slightly fancier cloth seats. And now they're debuting really luxurious features on these pickup trucks. Like, look at the new F-150 Platinum. One of my favorite new features about this pickup truck is that they went and talked to real owners of pickup trucks and said, what's missing in your pickup truck? And they studied them and asked them about how they use their pickup trucks on an everyday basis. And for a lot of people uh, who own a you know, pickup truck or, or work uh, or it's a work truck, some of these people take a nap during the day or they want to take a nap at night when they're, you know, on a long road trip. So Ford went back with taking this input and designed a seat, a sleeper seat. So the seat reclines fully and then the bottom of the cushion also adjusts itself so you get a near perfect lie flat kind of seating position. So it's great to take a nap in. Hmm. That, that that is interesting because um, I remember because I'm old. I remember years and years ago when when uh, Chrysler built the Auburn Hills uh, facility where they they kind of for a while they were building the Viper and so forth. But as it was being built, they were also remodeling the Ram pickup for the for mm. the, the first time when it got the big grill and all of that. Yeah, what, what yeah. they di- what they did is they actually walked around the the designers and the engineers walked around the construction site and I remember talking to one of the designers and they were sort of like yeah, these these folks use computers when they're I'm like, yeah, big surprise that somebody who's building a, you know, a 100,000 square foot building needs a computer, but they were like, yeah, yeah and they want some place to store it and they, you know, and where we put the, you know, the coffee cup holders is not where people are putting coffee cups. They're putting them over here and they're putting them over there and not where we think, oh, we just stuck a cup holder because that's a that's a good spot to put it and and you know, they're drinking these, you know, giant drink cups that wouldn't fit in our cup holders anyway, so they've got to stick yeah. it up in the dash somewhere. And the idea that it sounds kind of common sense to actually really you know, go to your customer and say, what do you do with your truck exactly? And, you, and you're right. I remember the first time I drove a pickup truck and flipped down the, the uh, sun visor and it had a, it had a, um, a lighted mirror. And it was like, yeah. oh my God, like, yeah, you know, who who would have thought a pickup truck where you know where you could uh, where you could look and and see yourself in a mirror um, was <laughs> was pretty phenomenal. And now, if it didn't have a uh, lighted mirrors on both sides, you'd say, what's wrong with them? Yeah, that's that's so true. It's really interesting how they've evolved. Where the the previous definition of a pickup truck was, you just use it for work, but now people use them every day. Not just for work, but you know, moms and moms are driving them too. They're really popular. I think it's the fastest growing luxury segment in the U.S. right now. Are luxury pickup trucks? Although I still think there's a need out there for a basic sort of. If you kind of went back in time to a, you know, the first, you know, Toyota pickup or the first kind of basic, basic, 
you know, not a midsize, a, a true compact pickup truck, something that people could take to the home improvement store, not worry about it, not be luxurious inside, and just be this kind of little utilitarian pickup truck. Every time I see a, a nicely, you know, kept either old Toyota or old Nissan or maybe even, you know, old you know, Ford Ranger. Ford Ranger. It, yeah, exactly. And kind of look at those and go, you know, they were, you know, the Ranger and maybe not that great a truck, but, but the idea of this little compact truck that can kind of do 60% of what a full size truck can be, but you can, you know, easily park it. Uh, I remember driving the F350 Super Duty and thinking, what a great truck until I had to park it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I, I could not agree with you more. I love just the basic, simple, you know, cheap little pickup truck that you can take to the dump. You can do, you know, go to Home Depot, go to Lowe's, go to the hardware store, just yep. do the basics. And and it's not that expensive. You don't need a second mortgage on your house to afford it. That, that's true. I was, I was walking by a fairly dilapidated looking house the other day. And it was, you know, not much of a house. It almost looked abandoned. And there was a <laughs> brand new Ford F-250 Super Duty in the driveway. I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm going, I'm pretty sure that truck cost more than that house did. Yeah, they are now. Trucks are are really, it's amazing how expensive they are. Even even before the inevitable, you know, $5,000 incentives that they usually tack on to them. But you know their sticker prices are. You can easily do well over fifty thousand, and that's kind of you know a basey type model. Um, so, well, not exactly base, but they they go much higher than that into the seventies, eighties. Uh, so it's 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 pretty it's pretty intense if you're looking for you know just going to the dump and a quick errand here and there um, to put yourself into that kind of dad if if it's a if it's a loan that's that's pretty expensive but the but it is exciting that the automakers are listening to customers and and i think luxury pickup trucks show you that they are because a lot of people just want a lot of luxury in their pickup truck too um but you know there are some features that i love you know some of my favorite luxury features are like massaging seats you know, just sitting in the car and having a cold stone massage, you know, while you're driving down 70 miles an hour. Yeah, I mean, no, you know, the, the, the cars have become, you're absolutely right. The car, cars and trucks and SUVs have become so technologically advanced that, um, we have features that I think if you were, you know, you know, pick, you know, pick somebody who's not around anymore. And I, th- I think someone did almost like a, a comedy skit with like John Lennon. And, you know, if all of a sudden John Lennon reappeared today and, you know, the idea of carrying around a little television in your pocket and, um, and, a you know, supercomputer that your, you know, your iPhone and the idea that you got into a pickup truck that can give you a massage while you're driving down the road and, yeah. you know, connect, you know, connect you to satellite radio and, you know, and in fact, hear the Beatles channel, you know, 24 hours a day if they wanted to. Um, you know, the idea of technology has moved so quickly in not that long a period of time, which, which makes it really sort of interesting. What's your opinion on the idea that, um, you know, Lincoln is not in the car business anymore? And that's sort of what Lincoln was known for was, was, you know, fantastic automobiles and Ford's sort of following suit sort of getting out of the 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 models of cars that they had do you do you think the sedan is is dead or do you think uh they just needed to sort of narrow their focus and 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 work where they're good at it i guess well i guess you know if you ask tesla if the sedan's dead they'd probably say no because they're still selling tons of model threes but right. it is really sad what you know that so many automakers are pushing pulling out of sedans i love sedans i'm sitting in a mercedes e53 amg sedan right now i i much prefer sedans to an suv um but i think that the consumer is saying hey if we're going to be spending you know $60,000 on a sedan we want it we want it to be more versatile and sedans just just aren't you know, uh, you just can't fit what you can in in a GLE or a GLC Mercedes that you can in an E-Class. 
if you're going skiing and, and everybody's living more active lifestyles. And I think Corona has even pushed this trend even more uh, because, you you know, people can't get on planes as much as they as they used to. Uh, so people are doing a lot of road trips and you need a vehicle that can haul more stuff and tow your boat and do more things. And, and I think that the SUV trend is definitely here to stay. Um, though, you know, you also see more wagons. People are getting into the wagon market, which I think is exciting. Uh, I love driving a wagon. You, Volvo wagons have always been most ubiquitous here in New England, but uh, you have other automakers who are, you know, testing the waters. Uh, you have BMW bringing back uh, potentially the the three series wagon and the five series. Yeah, no, I think the idea of a of a, a a wagon that's sort of a sporty wagon. I think I I you know everybody kind of wants to know what the next big thing is going to be. You know when when the world went from you know old time you know larger than life station wagons to minivans to SUVs and you know everybody wants to know what the next big thing is. And to me, it seems like it could be. You know, uh, uh, you know, a really nice wagon that all of a sudden now it, I think depending on you kind of look around the world a little bit and say, you know, maybe a wagon is, is the right fit. It doesn't, it doesn't scream out that you're, um, that you're an environmentalist, but it also doesn't scream out that you're, you know, that you want to, uh, you know, pave over the rainforest either. Yeah. You know, I, I completely agree with you. I love wagons and I'd like to see you more of them offered i just wonder i think to myself uh, will an suv buyer who really likes uh, another like strong component to why uh suvs are so popular is the driving position people like to to sit up higher and see out the road so will those customers be able to come down to the height of a wagon personally i prefer the height uh sitting down lower i i feel safer i feel like closer to the road i feel like you can feel the road better when you're closer to it your center gravity is lower so there's less propensity for rollover etc 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 so um but i wonder will customers do, do you like sitting up higher or what, well, what do you think i mean i mean there there are certainly every subaru buyer sort of likes that mid position they're they're not up high like yeah. an suv yeah. and they're not as low as a sedan so they sort of fit right in the middle and uh and Subaru, surprisingly, you know, if you if you look, has ground clearance, you know, more than you know some SUVs. So yeah. it is kind of this. It is kind of this uh, interesting mix that that works out. So, um, I, I yeah, I I do like the idea of a, a sedan. It's just and uh, like you said, I, I I like the wagons. That, you know, my favorite wagon of all times, I think, was a was a BMW 5 Series with a hot engine in it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like this, yeah. you know. Why? Why wouldn't anybody want this? And even even the the uh, the Cadillac uh, uh, CTS wagon yeah. in the V yeah, the in the V version, v. yeah, where you could get it with a manual transmission. That was awesome. Yep, yeah, I remember that. That yeah. was that was a great wagon. I bet that wagon is going to when when that goes onto the auction block in you know twenty years from now. That's going to be pretty pricey. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Nate, I want to thank you for taking some time out of your day and joining us. Yeah. Where can yeah. people read more of your stuff and learn a little bit more about you? My pleasure, yeah. Well, they can check out uh, mensbook.com, which is Modern Luxury's online website um, for men. It's a luxury lifestyle website. And then they can also uh, probably find our magazines in doctor's offices, dentist's office, real estate agents find restaurants um and in a lot of places uh the magazines just get sent to people uh depending on you know where where they live they they do a lot of targeted sending so um yeah you can find our our magazine all over many many cities in the u.s that's great hey nate thanks for uh thanks for taking time out of your day uh enjoy Anytime, winter John. vehicle test day and uh yes. drive safe and i'll talk to you soon Will do. Thanks so much, John. Take, All care. Right. take care. All right, take care. We need to take a break. That was Nate Chapnick. He is the senior editor with Modern Luxury, the nation's largest luxury media company, where he heads up the automotive content section. We need to take a break. We will be right back. If you'd like to join us, 800-370-1049. 800-370-1049. We'll be right back.
Valentine's Day is almost here, and Sage Floral Studio is everything you need to make it perfect. We have a large selection of fresh-cut flowers for loose bouquets and arrangements. We also offer beautiful orchid plants and unique seasonal giftware. For Valentine's, Sage has a fun selection of plush toys and locally made chocolate and cards. Come in and talk with a designer at 274 Main Street, Gloucester, or call us at 978-282-9582. We are open Monday through Saturday and offer deliveries to all of Cape Ann. For all you last-minute lovebirds, we'll be open February 14th from 9 to 2. Join AAA today and avoid roadside headaches this winter. Don't let a dead battery, frozen car locks, or an unexpected breakdown keep you out in the cold. With a AAA membership, you're protected on the road anytime, in any car, and in any weather. AAA technicians will be there to quickly fix your problem and get you back on the road, often without the need for a tow. Visit aaa.com slash join to sign up. That's aaa.com slash join. Hi, folks. This is Gerard Moynihan of Moynihan Lumber. Did you know that professional builders and remodelers choose Anderson Windows more than any other brand in the United States? And if you're thinking about replacing the windows in your home, you should see the Anderson Woodwright replacement windows, which can add considerable value to any home. See the Anderson Windows on display at Moynihan Lumber in Beverly, North Reading, and Plastown, New Hampshire, or visit us at MoynihanLumber.com. Moynihan Teresa's Italian Eatery in Middleton and Teresa's Prime in North Reading offer the perfect night out for you and your Valentine. And now is the time to plan ahead. Teresa's offers a special night out menu. And this year, you can celebrate Valentine's Day Thursday through Sunday. Start with a Valentine martini. Then select from the special Valentine menu for flavorful meats, fresh seafood, and of course, great Italian dishes. Finish it all off with a decadent dessert. Details at TeresasEatery.com or make your reservation on Open Table today. Walls Ford in nearby Salisbury is holding their annual President's Day sale. Here's John Wall. Walls Ford is just a short drive away for big discounts, low APR financing, and get this, most vehicles qualify for no payments for up to 90 days. Don't miss our President's Day sale. Walls Ford in nearby Salisbury, now serving the entire seacoast and the North Shore. Seconds from 495 and I-95 and at wallsford.com. The place with the big American flag and all the selection you'll ever need. Welcome back to the Car Doctor program on North Shore 1049. My name is John Paul, the Car Doctor here to help you with your car problems. Jimmy Carter filling in for our buddy Biff who had some problems at home this morning. And uh, Jim doing a fantastic job. Thank you, Jim, for doing all that you do. And uh, our phone number again, 800-370-1049. Let's talk to uh, Robert. Robert, good morning. Good morning, John. Hope all is well. Uh, so far, so good. So yeah. far, so uh, good. Yeah, yeah, I have a question on traction control. Now, if it were deactivated, yep. would that tend to prolong brake linings or not? Um, yeah, I mean, over time, sure it would. Um, but, you know, traction control really only works when the wheels are literally spinning. So, uh, you know, traction control, you step, you know, we'll, we'll use, you know, a front-wheel drive car as an example. You know, you, you're on a wet, slippery surface. You go to accelerate, the right front tire slips. It applies the brakes on the right front. That open differential, all of a sudden now the power goes over to the left front. That wheel starts to spin. If that wheel starts to overspin, it applies a brake over there, shifts the torque back to the other side again, so it just bounces it back and forth is all it does. Um, but if you're a reasonable driver and, you know, driving normal all the time, um, Traction control is never going to work. You wouldn't even know it was there. I mean, it's like anti-lock brakes. You know, most people, unless they make a panic stop, never even know their car has anti-lock brakes because it's not kicking in. And it's the same thing with traction control. Now, if you were stuck in the snow, yeah, the traction control is going to shift on and off. But then, then there's even times where you want to shut the traction control off. Say you're, um, you're, you're stuck in the snow a little bit and the traction control is keeping the throttle from 
you know, uh, you know, when traction control works, it also limits the throttle a little bit. But there's times you want to spin the tires, so you're stuck in the snow. You're on a rail, you know, on a railroad crossing, and the train's coming. Well, yeah, you shut the traction control off, step on the gas all you can, and get the car moving before you get run over by the train. So, but for the most part. Not really. You know, it's it's going to, if anything, it's going to do so little to the brake wear that you're not going to notice. Yeah, the reason I ask, you know, driving a pickup most of the time, and when it's empty, very light in the back. You've got the yep. engine, transfer case, and drive axle up front. And I don't tend to drive normal all the time. <clears throat> so, yeah, I'm slipping one wheel or the other in the back. Yep. Yep. And, uh, you know, that's why I noticed it. And I was starting to wonder because I mentioned to you a while ago that last year I replaced the rear brakes. And it's yep. the first time ever in a pickup that I've owned. So I was wondering if that traction control was, you know, causing it because of my driving style. Um, you know, it probably not. It's probably more the idea that when the truck is is empty... Um, the way the brake system set up, it probably you know when when you if you just jammed on the brakes hard on an empty truck, all the weight transfers to the front, and the back end gets light and it could spin around. So probably what's happening with your with your truck is where it's empty most of the time, it's um, valving the brakes to work. You know, come on. A little bit sooner and a little bit stronger than the front brakes. If you drove around with, you know, 500 pounds of stuff in the back of your truck, the brakes would probably wear evenly front to back. That's my guess because there is, there is a proportion valve in the brake system that applies the brakes evenly front and back, but it's also in a lot of vehicles, it's also based on weight inside the vehicle and you know some older vehicles actually had if you looked under some trucks they actually had a valve that was sort of connected to the suspension so when the when the truck was loaded it applied the brakes differently than when it was empty and probably your truck is similar only doing it electronically so it it knows that um you know don't apply a hundred percent of the brakes to the front try to try to do it evenly uh, generally speaking and you're right generally speaking when you step when your brakes wear out and your front brakes normally do about 75 percent of the work and the rear brakes do about 25 percent which is why the front brakes are bigger than the rear brakes because they don't have to make them as big years ago front and rear brakes were similar sizes but they said why are we putting these big heavy rear brakes in when they don't really do that much so let's cut back and cut back and cut back so you know maybe they maybe they just went a little too far in the wrong direction with your truck and maybe, yeah, maybe they made the rear brakes uh, a little oh, small. in fact that there's times when rear tires break loose you know whether it's on a curve or in a straight line and you know it's times you do see a, a quick flash on the dash where it's engaged and then disengaged yeah, I'm well. Um, you know, you 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 like you like to hear your Hemi run and take use of the torque. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So so um, I was at I was at a a, a Dodge dealer once, and and we were we were talking about we were talking to somebody about um, their truck and uh, um, you know and the sixteen spark plugs at the time that you had to replace on 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 the truck and i think we we're also talking about you know other wear and tear parts and i and the the customer of the truck and i was just standing there doing something i don't remember i was had nothing much going on i guess and listening and and he kind of said geez you know 16 spark plugs and i have to do this and i have to do that and i kind of looked at him and i said you know drive like a sport pay like a sport and he looks at me he goes yeah you're right he said you know now that you say that he said, I could have got the six-cylinder engine, and it probably cost me half as much to tune it up, but I like the big V8. I like the sound of the performance of it, and, uh, uh, yeah, I guess, I, I guess I'll just have to pay a little bit more to be happy. If you want to play, you got to pay. I'm That's even right. tired. Right. I, I don't get the mileage on my tires that, you know, I could. No. Right. <laughs> right. And, and, that's, and like you said, you want to, you know, if you want to... Uh, if you if you want to if you want to play you got to pay good good I like I like that even better than drive like a sport pay like a sport yeah. but uh, yeah I'm I'm gonna steal that one too okay no problem John all right thanks Robert take care 
Our phone number, 800-370-1049, 800-370-1049. Let's talk to Tom. Tom, good morning. Hello, John. Good morning. Uh, okay, classic dead battery problem. Classic, a uh, classic dead battery. Yeah, all right. Um, all right. Okay, the, the battery was dead. It's a plow truck I used sparingly. It was fine. Brand new battery, only six months old. Like I was dead. So I'm suspecting that there's a drain on it, and I think it may be the plow setup because that's not always on there, you know. Yep. But anyways, so if I charge it up, how do you know when you have a full charge in the battery? Have a battery charger. I mean, do we just go by time, like an hour or whatever? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, does does your battery charger have a gauge on it? Yeah, it has multiple. It has like a slow charged uh, mode yep. and then a fast charge. Does it have a little gauge on the front of it that goes from like, you know, 10 amps when you when you put it on a high charge? Does it have a little gauge on it? Yeah, it, it, yes, it does. And it does, it, yeah. It, yes, it does. And yeah, so it shows, when, uh, like, 8 yeah. amps at low. Yeah. yeah, when you first hook it up, it because the battery's dead, and you put it on low or high or whatever you put it on, and you're always best charging a battery slow than fast. Um, yeah. But when you first hook it up, it's going to go... It's going to go way over. It's going to charge as much as the battery charger will let it, as much as the battery will accept. As the battery starts to charge up, you'll notice that needle start to go lower and lower and lower. And when it gets down to, you know, when it gets down to one or two amps, the battery's just about fully charged. Um, the other thing is, I guess you could take a voltmeter out there and, you know, 12 volt batteries, when they're in good shape, have just a little bit, um, you know, just, they're not 12 volts. They're closer to, you know, 14 volts when you fully charge a battery up. So if they're, you know, if you look at it and it's like, oh, it's 13.8, you know, it's, it's going to be pretty close to being right. fully charged. And back in the old days when you could take caps off of batteries, you could, you could actually take a hydrometer and you could measure the specific gra gravity of the cell in the battery and you knew if it was, right. you know, right. you, certain level, you knew that the battery was fully charged. But, um, for the most part, a fully dead battery and a smaller battery charger, um, you know, it's going to take, it's going to take, it's a large one. It's a, it's a large one. Oh, okay. But anyways. Okay. Yeah, but it's going to take it's going to take the better part of a day to fully charge that up. Oh, so really? That okay? So really, give it yeah. a, a good long time. But here's yeah. the, oh, yeah. so actually, the, I took it. I, I I charged it up a bit, and it was showing thirteen volts. On I I did put the meter on it, so I took it to like an AutoZone and I brought it there. And I said, "Can you check this?" And they said they couldn't do it because it didn't have enough of a charge in it. I wanted to get a load test on it. Oh, yeah. They said they couldn't test it. Because it didn't have enough load on it or something, mm. so mm. we'll get back home. Yeah, uh, yeah I would. Yeah, I would. I, yeah, I would charge it back up. I would charge it. Um, you know, I put it on the low setting of the charger and just let it charge all day. See how it looks. Okay. Okay. All right. But yeah. so after an hour, how come it'll show? Like I did a voltage test. I did a, a, a reading on it. You know, took everything off of it, yeah. and it shows like say an eighteen volts. Uh, yeah, because well, because what happens when you test a battery? What you need to do is, um, and whether it's a battery that's been in a car, you know, all year, um, you need to remove the surface charge. So what happens if you're using a voltmeter, for instance? They always they always say, and a voltmeter just gives you voltage; it doesn't give you amperage. So you don't really know. Um, you don't really know. Volt voltmeters voltmeters are a good basic indicator, but they don't really tell you what's going on. But uh, what happens is the surface charge is really high. So what you they'll will usually say is turn the headlights on high beams for a couple of minutes, and that's going to remove any surface charge. Once you've done that for a few minutes, then retest the then retest the battery voltage to see what it is, um, because yeah, that higher voltage is is just kind of a it's um, it's not an accurate portrayal of what's going on with it. Right. So when I did start it, I jumped it. Just to, yep. to test it out. So I wanted to see if I could get a, a volt reading out of the alternator. Okay. You know, so I went to the main post and then I grounded it out. Yep. And it's it, it it just went one, like just right to one, number one. That's it. And I couldn't get a reading out of it at all. Oh, okay. That makes it. I mean, if there's I see a flash on the voltmeter, like eighteen, and then go away. Every yeah. strain. And I have a good. Good contact because it's a brass stud coming yeah. out of the main lug, yeah. comes out of the house and it's brass. 
very clean, and I went right to the, uh, yeah, to the ground. Yeah, it almost, it either sounds like the alternator is not working, um, because you're not seeing any, you know, you should be seeing, uh, when, you know, when you start, you know, you know, let's, let's say you, you measure the battery voltage and it's 12 and a half volts, say, and you do get the truck going. The, that should automatically, the, if you put that voltmeter on there, uh, with the engine, you know, a little above an idle, you should be seeing, you know, 14 and a half volts. Um, right. and if you're not seeing anything coming out of the back of the alternator, well, that's a concern because that's, that means that the alternator is not charging the battery up. So you yeah. may in fact need an alternator or you have a bad ground somewhere. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, between the battery and the engine block or if it's, uh, uh, you know, if there's more than one ground wire. I would be checking the ground wires, too, just to make sure that yeah. everything's clean and solid, uh, just to make sure. But the idea, if you put a voltmeter on there and you're not seeing, you know, e mm. even if it's not across, the, even if it's not off the, um, the, the stud on the back of the alternator, even if it's just across the battery, you should see, you should see some sort of charging voltage above what was, above what the battery was. Even if you just went to the case of the alternator? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. If, I mean, if you, yeah. if the, if the case was grounded, if the case was grounded mm -hmm. and the, and the 12 volt terminal that comes off the back of the alternator, you should see, yeah, yeah, yeah you should see something. So, I, yeah. like I said, you, so, sh you so. should, if you put that voltmeter just across the positive and negative posts on the battery, and right. you start it up, as soon as that alternator kicks in, you should see the voltage go up over what the yeah. Um, yeah. voltage yeah, was on the battery. Yeah, if you're not seeing that, you have an alternator problem. So the alternator or, just grounds through the block, right? There isn't any special ground on an alternator. It just, it just goes through yeah, the block. I mean, that's, so that's block. normally the case, right? That's normally yeah, okay. the case. Not not 100% of the time, but normally the case. And that's yeah. why it's important that the battery ground, yeah, the big yeah. fat black cable, um, right, right. you know, and some trucks, one, there was a real common issue back years ago with some Ford pickup trucks. The battery cable, actually the positive, negative battery cable would come off the battery and it would go and there was a, a, a lug on the frame where the battery cable would attach to the frame, and then the battery cable would continue on to the engine block. Well, what would happen was it would shear off right at the frame, and it wasn't connected to the block anymore. And mm -hmm. although it would ground, it wasn't grounded directly to the engine, so you would have alternator problems and all kinds of weird stuff and hard starting problems. And a lot of times what you would see is that same battery cable would have a smaller, it would have a big fat, ground wire and it would have a skinny ground wire and you'd look at the skinny ground wire and it'd be all melted because it got hot because it was trying to ground the whole engine right through right through that little wire so it, the ground circuit is important and uh, you know with a good voltmeter you can do something called voltage drop where you measure the voltage right across the wire to where it ends up and you know you should you should see almost no voltage drop so it sounds like you had a little bit of work ahead of you, Tom. Go ahead, go ahead and check it out, see what happens, and let us know how you make out. And uh, and if you get the truck running, stop by my house and pull the driveway, will you? Thanks, Tom. Take care. We got to take another break. My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor program. We're brought to you by AAA Northeast. By the way, we'll be right back. Exercise is more important than ever. Did you know that just 15 minutes of exercise can reduce stress, increase your calorie burn, and lower your risk for certain diseases and illnesses? Hi, Darren here from the MAC. We can all carve out 15 minutes for physical activity, and whether it's with our professionals here at the club or online, we have your support, guidance, and motivation you need. Pair this with a clean diet filled with fresh fruits and vegetables, lean protein, healthy fats, and whole grains, and your 2021 will be your best year yet. For more information about exercise and nutrition, visit MacAthletics.com. Hi, it's Hank Morris from The Morning Show on North Shore 104.9 here with my good pal Joe Pianadosi, the host of Breaking Bread. Join us this Sunday, Valentine's Day, for The Platters. They'll be my guest 10 a.m. Sunday morning right here, North Shore 104.9. 
Remember, this program is brought to you in part by AAA Northeast. You know, that's where I've been working for 36 years. If you're not a AAA member, you should be. This is a perfect time to join. And, you know, you can actually even pay monthly if you want to. But go online, uh, AAA.com slash join, or call 1-800-JOIN-AAA. Buying a used car can be frustrating. Where do you go? Who do you trust? And who has the best price? 40 million used vehicles were sold in the United States last year. We understand your concerns and anxiety at Misho Mitsubishi in Danvers. We have 150 used vehicles in stock, fully reconditioned with a warranty. We're a family-run dealership with 10 service bays. Dad, what does that mean? That means you can buy a used vehicle with confidence and we back it with a warranty. If you don't like the vehicle, bring it back within 30 days. We'll exchange it for another one of equal value. Everyone has their favorite breakfast spot. We want to be your favorite used car spot. We guarantee the best price, guarantee our vehicles are serviced, and we give you a warranty. We take care of our veterans, our local community, and we'll take care of you. My name's Kevin Michaud. I guarantee you. We are your feel-good dealer. Michaud Mitsubishi. Good morning, everyone. I'm Mark Rosenthal with you on this Saturday. Here is your North Shore 1049 forecast. Surfing the North Shore in the Merrimack Valley. Thickening clouds and cold today. Temps mostly in the 20s. Cloudy cold overnight, though in mid-20s there could be some light snow moving in. A dusting to an inch possible by morning. Watch for some slippery roads. Occasional light snow will gradually end tomorrow. Temps in the upper 20s. Monday mostly cloudy. There could be a mixture of snow, sleet, freezing rain moving in during the afternoon. Temps in the upper 20s. A more important storm of snow than probably going to ice and rain on Tuesday, but still a tough call, so please stay tuned. Forecast being brought to you by Papa Locksmith of Peabody. Papa Lock makes all kinds of auto keys, including the new push-button start key. Even if you lost your keys, they'll get you back on the road. Papa Lock comes to you online at papalockofpeabody.com. For local North Shore, 1049, I'm Mark Rosenthal. And welcome back to the Car Doctor program. Uh, Jim, who, who is that? Is that uh, is that the guy who was originally from Quincy? The father of the surf guitar? It is not a All right. No, shows what I know. Who am I, who am I thinking of? Who is the guy who was the father of the surf guitar? Originally from Quincy. Dale. Dale. Yeah, that guy. Dale. Dale. That guy. Dale. Something Dale. But you're right. It's Dickdale, isn't it? Dickdale. You're absolutely right. Thank you very much. Dickdale, the father of the surf guitar from Quincy, Massachusetts. Uh, somebody who isn't from Quincy, Massachusetts is Peter. Peter, good morning. And John, how are you? How are you? Good, how are you? I'm well. What's, what's, what's new in the world of Edseling? Oh, um, as I told you before, um, my Edsel is living at the Rowe Hotel in Somerville. <laughs> yeah, and that would be, you know, and, uh, you know, you have to feel a little bit bad for the hoteliers these days because, you know, people oh, aren't staying no. in hotels quite as much, so. No, no, if it helps their business and it gets the uh, history of the Etzel out there in Somerville, that's a good thing. That is, that is, absolutely. Right. No, no argument there. I'm calling about, um, you were talking last week about uh, the use of that, Salt and that liquid uh, de-icer oh, all yeah. over uh, Massachusetts. Well, I just got a letter from Honda. Uh, due to improper manufacturing of the protective coating on the drive shaft, may degrade over time. In, and they call it in salt belt states, where de-icing agent is uh, used to maintain the roadway. So... Anyway, the uh, the drive shaft can corrode and break, and uh, you don't your car doesn't move. So I hate it when that happens. And then, especially if you're on 128, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I wonder, I, I, I wonder what I they, I wonder it. what they do. I wonder if they just clean it all up. I wonder if they. I I had a car that I got a notice like that, and all they did it was a little bit disappointing i guess all they really did was they checked it out they looked at it and then they sprayed some stuff on it and said yeah it'll be fine i'm like well shouldn't you do more than spray some stuff on it and they're like no no that's what would have we would have done right from the factory we just 
didn't do it, and we should have done it, and shame right, on us. Right, but right. yeah, well, I I think if they can get away with that, that will be it. But if it's yeah. uh, too far gone, I guess they will replace the uh, the drive shaft. Yeah. Hmm. Now, I mean, you're yeah. Which which you, this is the Honda Accord. Honda Accord. Uh, yeah. Two hundred two thousand thirteen is yeah. mine, but yeah. this is a call recall for uh, thirteen to fifteens. Yeah. Now, so, so that's, I mean, the good thing is, the best part about this is that it's not like it's the frame rotted away or the body's rotten away. If a, if a axle shaft, half shaft, drive shaft, whatever you want to call it, rots away, all they got to do is put a new one in. So it's not right. like you have to worry about the structural integrity of the vehicle. But the idea, I mean, the, the, and I remember years and years ago, there was a, a an engineer and he lived locally and, um, uh, he, I, I think he was, I think he was maybe from the Attleboro somewhere or something. But he he went to work for a, a chemical company, and um, and looked at looked at how metals uh, wore out. And he said the uh, magnesium chloride, which is which is what they put on the roads in some places today, he says it's so corrosive and causes so much problems, you know, and makes the roads so much safer because water when they mix it. When they put it on the road, they pre-treat the roads. So when the snow hits it, the snow, instead of freezing at 32 degrees, um, doesn't freeze till you know, below zero. So because of that, the roads are a lot safer. But on the other hand, you know, all of a sudden you have to replace the Tobin Bridge a lot more often. Yeah, and, and uh, drive shafts on Hondas. And drive shafts on Hondas and <laughs> and, and, and floors in Nissan Altimas and, yes. and frames on Toyota Tacomas and um you know and you know, all of those kind of things that can cause problems and, and that's why um you know, products like that wax oil undercoating stuff, um when we had the guy on that represented wax oil, uh that product that's been available in Europe for you know, decades now, uh which is sort of a a, a waxy based undercoating that you can actually do it yourself. You can buy spray cans of it. In fact, we gave a kit away. Um, the uh, you know that that type of product does help fight against some of these some of these corrosion issues. And you know, if for people that have you know trailer hitches and boat trailers and all that kind of stuff, and they want to try to maintain it, and it's different than. You know, Rusty Jones and Zbart and all that sort of oh, that, stuff. That because, stuff. It, yeah. So um, this stuff, this stuff has been around. And and I and I when I first heard about it, I said to the guy, and he's an old car guy, so that's how we kind of knew each other. When he told me he was repping for this product, and I said, yeah, it's just another undercoating spray. Yeah, big deal. I can go buy a can of that in any auto parts store. And he said, no, no. He said this is different. He said, and he told me a story about some Volkswagen uh, bus he was looking at that was you know forty some odd years old. And he said it looked perfect underneath, and stuck in the back window was a little sticker that said "protected by wax oil." And he said, wow. "You know, he said, you know, it's a product that helps protect your car, and and it's kind of a flat black. It looks nice when it's done, and you can do all the little nooks and you know crannies in the car because you can do all the little cavities and try to maintain it." And, and um, can you can you use that, John, on an old older 2013 Honda? You know what they say. What they say is, if you clean the undercarriage, so you know, you know, if you, you know, ideally, if you could steam clean the underneath of the car and then dry it off with a, you know, uh, uh, a blower or some, you know, almost like a landscape blower or something, and dry it all off so it's good and dry. What it will do is it'll keep whatever corrosion's there. It will kind of lock the corrosion in place. So in other words. It shouldn't get any worse, but it's not going to make up for what are, what is already there. So, right, right. Know, the old the old Han the old uh, Volkswagen that I have that has some rust. Um, you know, I I I went out and got a can of it and sprayed all underneath it, and I said, well, you know, maybe it'll do some good, but it's it's not going to fix the rust. The rust is right, the rust right. is the rust. It's already there. So, right. What, what you got is what you got. And exactly. Exactly. Right. Wow. Well, well, anyway, I I just wanted to say hello and uh, the um, call call, <laughs> call 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 anytime and, and you know call anytime when you got uh, when you got information like that you can share because there's a lot of people that have Hondas out there that probably may have not got that notice or just thought it was you know an advertisement for an oil change or someone trying to sell them an extended warranty and threw right, it away right, and right. you know and unfortunately most 
recall type things, there's only only about sixty percent of them actually get done. So really, you recall I was right on and, it. Because, yeah, yeah, You know, I mean, number yeah. one, it's free, and uh, it's free. Yeah, if the drive shaft goes, you don't want to be there. That's right. That's right. You don't want to be driving down the road, and all of a sudden the, the speedometer is going to go to 100, and you're going to be going to zero. Exactly. Which is what happens. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Good Take care, Peter. <laughs> all right. Bye-bye. Um, occasionally I get things in the mail to try out, and um, and lately it's been a company called Works, W-O-R-X. And Works, you've seen their commercials on tv for things like leaf blowers which for some reason i couldn't think of leaf blower a minute ago landscape blower leaf blowers um weed whackers you know they have all kinds of stuff but they also have some other products um uh, that run off a 20 volt battery and the 20 volt battery like a lot of power tools today is interchangeable with a variety of things so it might be a, um you know a flashlight or a warning beacon or something and I have a couple of their products, and I'll be honest, they're not all hits, um, but some of them are. Some of them are really good. Uh, they, have a, they have a little vacuum cleaner that works really, really well, and it uses a 20-volt battery. They also have an air compressor, and I want to talk about that when we get back. We need to take another break. We're almost out of time, but I think we have one quick break we got to do right now. So we'll be right back. You're listening to the Car Doctor program on North Shore 104.9. A great way to celebrate Valentine weekend is at Azorian Restaurant in Gloucester. Make your reservation today at 978-283-5500. Azorian's healthy Mediterranean dishes are made from time-tested Portuguese recipes. And Azorian has new weeknight specials. Check them out at azorianrestaurant.com. The Azorian is spacious, meticulously clean, and gorgeous inside. And they're open every day starting at 1130. Takeout is always available at Azorian, 978-283-5500. This Valentine weekend, you'll love the Azorian experience. Senior Care, Inc. is available for elders in nine communities on the North Shore. Hi, I'm Scott Trenty, CEO of Senior Care. A Senior Care Care Manager can help with eligibility for long-term social support and personal care. We can shop for you, provide homemaking services, and help with transportation. We offer information and referral, bill paying, adult protective services, meals on wheels, and more. Reach out to us at SeniorCareInc.org or call us at 978-281-1750. Senior Care is here to help. Join AAA today and avoid roadside headaches this winter. Don't let a dead battery, frozen car locks, or an unexpected breakdown keep you out in the cold. With a AAA membership, you're protected on the road anytime, in any car, and in any weather. AAA technicians will be there to quickly fix your problem and get you back on the road, often without the need for a tow. Visit aaa.com slash join to sign up. That's aaa.com slash join. The Acura of Peabody Season of Performance event is here and happening right now. Experience Acura's luxury 2020 MDX with roomy seating for seven, superior performance, the latest technology, and a safe, comfortable ride for your family. Lease the all-wheel drive MDX for just $2.75 a month for 36 months, only at Acura of Peabody. Acura of Peabody, for the best selection, price, and service. They're easy to find on Route 114 in Peabody or online at Acura. Hi, it's John Haley from Obershawn Hardware. Join me every Sunday morning at 7 on At Home with John Haley as we tackle your home projects. And welcome back to the Car Doctor Program. I want to talk about this little air compressor, this little works air compressor. It's not very big. It's probably only 8 inches by 6 inches tall, and it runs on a 20-volt battery. And what's kind of nice is you turn it on, you set the pressure for what you want. Uh, tires on my car, 30 pounds. Set it at 30, hook it up, turn it on, pumps up to 30 and shuts off. So uh, you know you have the tires properly aired up. I checked all the air in my tires the other day. It also has a little um, flashlight in the front of it so you can see what you're doing at night. And it also has a red flashing light that flashes SOS which is kind of cool. But it's uh, made by Works. I think it's about 100 bucks. Um, in my 
cars. In my three cars that we own, uh, each one of them has a little air compressor of one form or another. Um, it has a, and I have a little jump start pack in each one. So if I do have a dead battery, I can jump start my own car. If I have a low tire, I can pump it up. Makes it nice and easy. Hey, we're just about out of time, and coming up next is Real Estate Revealed, you know, with Dave, the guy from uh, uh, Flippin' Boston, you know, so and it always brings some interesting insight to real estate and has some interesting people on as well, so stay tuned for Real Estate Revealed coming up. I want to thank Jimmy Carter for filling in for our buddy Biff who had some problems at home today. Hopefully Biff's got his, uh, his furnace all squared away. Until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car, wash your hands, talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.